The regime wants Steve Bannon behind bars, and they're trying to put him there, maybe for up to two years. And we saw what happened to Jeffrey Epstein in federal prison. But I'm going to tell you something right now. One way or the other, call a shot, take the shot. Steve Bannon will appear at America Fest this December. He will. He's going there. You're going to go there, too. Here's what you're going to do right now. You're going to go to amfest.com. You're going to take out your number two pencil, and you're going to write down promo code POSO. And you're going to put that in there. You're going to receive 25% off general admission. Then you're going to come to Phoenix, Arizona, December 17th to the 20th. And you're going to sit down. And then when Steve Bannon walks on that stage, we are all going to give him a standing ovation. You have your orders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition, Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is October 20th, 2022, Anno Domini. Tonight's top story, Steve Bannon faces up to two years in prison tomorrow. We're going to break it out. Next, the CDC has voted to add the COVID vaccine to children's immunization schedule. Third, the FBI agents who knelt to Black Lives Matter in D.C. in 2020 have received awards. And fourth, an interesting question, why hasn't Generation X taken over the United States yet? All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. They will never shut me up. They'll have to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. It's all converging, and now we're on, as they say, the point of attack, right? The point of attack tomorrow. I'll tell you this. It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen, okay? It's going to be quite extraordinarily different. And all I can say is strap in. You have made this happen, and tomorrow it's game day. So strap in. Let's get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth turning. For what doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his own soul? Or what exchange shall a man give for his soul? Steve Bannon is showing you right now the cost of maintaining your soul in a corrupt society, in a collapsing regime. He's showing you the cost. He's showing you the cost of working and walking and charging directly into the fire. That's what Steve Bannon is doing. That's what Andrew Breitbart did before him. When war room pandemic started, beginning of 2020, it was on an upswing. And then November of 2020 happened. And people didn't know where to go. They didn't know where to turn. What did Steve do? Steve took this movement from the depths where it was on November 9th. He hoisted it upon his shoulders. And he pushed everyone forward. And he said, 
there's a mountain in front of us and we're going to climb it and we're going to climb it together. He did that. And every single episode that you've watched, whether it's human events, whether it's War Room, every single one that you've seen from that moment until now was preparing you for this day. You are now ready to take action. And you are now ready to stand up and say, I am a member of this posse. I am a member of this movement. And above all else, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. And that means something. That absolutely means something. Because our ancestors were the pioneers. Our ancestors were the ones who came and tamed this continent that built this country from the ground up. And you are not going to walk in here like parasites. Mount yourself on top of us and demand that we serve you like some welcome mat for you to walk all over and rub your feet on. We're not doing it anymore. To paraphrase the great Tyler Durden, we're the ones who cook your food. We're the ones who clean your clothes. We're the ones who keep you safe at night. Do not test us. We're going to be tested now because we are in the great test. We're in it. And say the one thing to Steve, we have your back. We'll always have your six. The posse will always have your six, Steve. But as he also once said, don't pray for me. Pray for my enemies because they'll need it. We are going to walk in tomorrow and see as Steve Bannon faces potential two-year sentence. Now, they've recommended six months. He might get less. But I'll tell you right now, whatever they do to him, you know that he's not just going in there for himself. He's doing this and facing the regime head on for every single one of you, for your families, for your children, for his children. He's doing this for you. Understand that. So we're going to have his six. Just like I had his six when I was there in the courtroom with him. We're not letting him go, and we're not letting them take him away. And they're certainly never going to stop this movement. His name is Steve Bannon. His name is Steve Bannon. There are only nine meals between civilization and anarchy. The conflicts around the world are becoming more and more dangerous. So let me ask you a question. Are you prepared if the unthinkable happens? In other words, do you have a good stockpile of emergency food on hand? Do you have enough for your whole family? If not, go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com. You will get a $250 discount off a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. That's right. My Patriot Supply is bringing back the low price from 2019 to help American families be prepared for what's coming. Now, this three-month emergency food kit, you've got breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks. It's 2,000 calories a day. Remember to make sure you get one for each kit 
for each family member because it helps avoid fights. You may need this food very soon. By the way, think about it. If you've got a car that breaks down, you're on the side of the road. You've got a kid in that car. You didn't realize this was going to happen. You didn't plan it. You're out of snacks. Boom. Now you got it in the back of your car. You're good to go. Remember, winter is coming. You need to be prepared. Make sure you go MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order arrives fast and free and arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy. MyPatriotSupply.com. Link in the description. And the CDC's committee that's voting, I mean, that is essentially a kangaroo court. You have to be an official card-carrying vaccine fanatic to be on that committee. If you're not then basically they're not going to accept people who think that some vaccines are important and others lack the evidence to support broad distribution. Remember, one in 5,000 vaccine doses results in a severe adverse event, according to data from overseas, from Germany, because we don't fund that research in the U.S. And in Israel, they took 283 people who got myocarditis from the vaccine. One of them died, two were in the ICU. So if thousands of people are going to get myocarditis from this indiscriminate vaccination in young, healthy people, we're going to see some unintended harm. And my concern is that some schools may blindly accept this. So if the CDC decides to go ahead and put this on the routine vaccine schedule, it'll be up to states. And that's where I think parents have a right to say, let's see some clinical data before we force this as a requirement for school. So that was Tucker's segment from last night. Great segment. Uh, I watched it last night when it aired. But here's what's amazing is that Tucker then gets fact-checked by this from ABC News. And here's the fact-check. CDC corrects conservative claim. They cannot mandate COVID vaccines in schools. Well, if you had actually read the headline and if you had actually listened to what his guest said, that's specifically what he said. However, he also said that it could lead to a mandate. That's the point. I love fact checks like this. I love them because listen to this. the Center for Disease Control and they have a tweet about it. They posted themselves a tweet up, very rare tweet, actually responding to Tucker on this saying, well, the segment has been fact checked by Twitter, which threw a disclaimer on the video. It's not within the CDC's authority to uh, to mandate these vaccines. But OK, but what, here's what happened today. The follow up, the committee voted 15 to 0. So what he just said right there, a kangaroo court's a rubber stamp. They rubber stamp this thing. They say, we want this on the schedule. Now it's on the schedule. What does it mean? Well, it means it means that all of the doctors, the schools, the states, they're going to go off of this thing because you saw this happen throughout all of 2020. They said, well, we're just following the guidance. We're just following the guidance. And this is the way that they get around the law. This is the way they get around the Constitution with a, one simple word guidance, because we don't have a constitutional government anymore. We haven't had it for a long time, maybe a hundred years, depending on how you count. We have ruled by guidance. We have ruled by experts. We have ruled by uh, the top of their field in academia. No, that's not the system that our founders designed. We were to have the rule of the representatives of the people, but they abrogated their power over to experts like this. And independent agencies like the CDC, which, by the way, are not in the Constitution in any way, shape or form, now have the power to determine for us, right, what vaccines should be given and must be given to our children. Do you understand what they're doing? They're taking away all the power from parents over their children, over your children. 
if you can homeschool, you need to be homeschooling. If you can get into parochial school, private school, homeschool pods are big, you got to get them out of there. But for the ones that are in, because I understand different people got different situations. I got nothing against that. What I'm saying is, what I'm speaking on here is this idea that the government has now intermediated the relationship between parents and children. And the relationship between parents and children, particularly, by the way, and I'm, and I'm going to say this, even as a dad, I'll say this, particularly between mothers and their children. It's sacred. It is divine. It springs from the wellspring of heaven itself, the connection between a mother and their children. And you are taking away, you are trying to sever that link through biological edicts, through trans indoctrination. And by the way, this is what every revolutionary totalitarian movement does. They destabilize the family. They go after the children. They try to take them away from you so that when they come home and they say, mom and dad, what I learned in school is that you're wrong. What I learned is that you're an extremist. You're part of the old regime. You're part of the, the old way of doing things. And then kids, because it taps into the natural rebelliousness of children, they rebel. And so what do you do? What are you left to do? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to fight back because this slime is never, ever touching my children. Here's how it works. Charging higher interest is how banks make more money. And they take a lot more of your hard-earned money if your credit score is just okay, but not great. Scoremaster is the new science in accelerating credit scores, and it puts you in control of your money, not the bank. Let's say your credit score is 700 and you're borrowing 500 grand to refi your home. Starting the Scoremaster can save you over 75 grand over the entire life of your loan. That's 75 grand. It's your money, not the bank's. That's the genius behind Scoremaster's three-week rule, especially now with soaring interest rates. No matter your credit score, before you apply for any loan, auto lease, or credit, start at Scoremaster. It only takes a minute to get started, and you can add 60 to 100 points in about three weeks. Life has enough regrets. Don't add paying higher interest rates to the list. Visit scoremaster.com slash POSO. You get a free seven-day trial. Again, your seven-day trial is waiting at scoremaster.com slash POSO. Link in the description of this podcast. hearing there for those of you on the podcast version were the celebratory cheers of illegal rioters for Black Lives Matter cheering as police officers and also as we remember FBI agents knelt down and genuflected genuflected to them in the street here in the United States of America. They were given no order to do this. Nobody got on the radio and said, hey, make sure you bow down. Hey, make sure you take a knee. My family, we, we take a knee every single Sunday morning. When you get in your pew at church, you take a knee. When, you're, when it's time to kneel, you kneel before God every single Sunday morning. 
but you kneel to no man. This is what the FBI has done. And now we see that not only did they receive praise and accolades from the rioters, from the looters, insurrectionists, shall we use? So I think this was DC after all. We're told that they received awards. They received awards. The agents who knelt down to Black Lives Matter received awards. Not directly from the FBI, but what it is is the FBI AA, the Agents Association for the FBI. They awarded them. They awarded the FBI for this. They said, hey, we love what you did. Great job. We're here to support you. And they gave him some gift cards and these nice awards and all this stuff. Is this the kind of America that you want? The kind of America where Steve Bannon goes to jail. We'll see how long. We don't know yet. We'll find out tomorrow. Could be probation. Could be 30 days. Could be 60 days. Could be six months. Could be two years. If only Steve Bannon had been marching up and down K Street, smashing windows with a hammer, setting things on fire, setting historic St. John's Church on fire just uh, just north of the White House, Lafayette Square Park. If only he had been with them, he'd be perfectly fine. In fact, he would have received an apology from the federal government. He would have received, or if you go look, if only Stephen K. Bannon had been uh, protesting Trump's inauguration and attacking Trump's inauguration like Antifa did, remember, the J-20 defendants from Trump's inauguration who attacked it were not only uh, – all of their charges were filed and dropped. Every single charge dropped, but they received a $1.2 million settlement from the ACLU and the city of Washington, D.C. That's what they got. The FBI that will go after pro-life activists, that will go after you, that'll certainly come after me, right? They'll make up whatever they want. They'll go, they'll go after Mar-a-Lago. They don't care. You see, they're kneeling down to their new masters. They're kneeling down to America's new secular religion, the religion of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Or as Charlie says, you always have to change it to diversity, inclusion, equity. So it's D-I-E. You have to change around a little bit. Understand, there is a revolutionary movement that has taken over the hearts and minds of the national security and law enforcement of our national security state. The leadership of these agencies and even the rank and file, even the rank and file are willing to do this internalize it. You must internalize it because the only way out is through. What can we extrapolate from this? We must work harder. We must go into the paint. We must go hard in the paint because this is counting down to the final minutes. Do you want liberty? Do you want America? Or do you want more of this?
Baby boomers is the name given to the generation born between 1946 and 1964, so-called because they were part of the steep rise in population following World War II, a literal boom in babies born. Up until millennials overtook them, they made up the largest portion of the world population, and as such, had an outsized influence on culture, the economy, and politics. Generation X is the population of people born between 1965 and 1980. Appropriately, the X refers to something unknown, the name as resistant to definition as a demographic that carries it. Millennials, I'm sure you've heard of as the current largest demographic, referring to those born between 1981 and 1996. So the question before us, and I saw this interesting piece in The Insider that says, by historical standards, Gen X should be in charge of the US by now, and yet they aren't. Boomers in the silent generation still hold prime positions of power, including the presidency, obviously. Gen X has yet to secure a majority of seats in Congress and the Supreme Court. It goes on. Gen, Gen X uh, is late on the biggest of political stages, but explains a good deal about why the United States seems to be mired in gerontocracy, the rule of the elderly. By historical standards, today's middle-agers should be right there right now in the most important positions of power, like the presidency. But the best they, have year to sh best they have to show so far are a handful of consolation prizes. Paul Ryan's tumultuous three-year run as House Speaker, four seats on a divisive U.S. Supreme Court, and a spirited debate over whether Barack Obama even is a Gen Xer. He's definitely not. A big part of Gen X's leadership is impediment, finding the winning message in a country for the most part of the last 30 years that has been led by the baby boomers. President Joe Biden represents an even earlier cohort. He's a member of the silent generation. Born less than a year after the country, he now leads, entered World War II under President FDR. So here's, here's kind of some of the stuff I want to get into when I look at this, because I see this situation as, as twofold, right? We know that Gen X... For whatever reason, for you know, they are always sort of heard to as the generation that checked out. That's the leave me alone generation, the last key kid generation. Fiercely independent. Do not li like to be told what to do. Certainly do not like to be told what to think. But uh, something that I think that insider misses is that they're true that we have become a gerontocracy in the United States. But look at what's actually happening out there. You are seeing Gen Xers, I believe this, rise up. You're seeing an awakening of Gen X. Take a look at some of the names here. Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, Glenn Greenwald, Tulsi Gabbard. Okay? What do they all have in common? They're all Gen X. Matt Taibbi, Gen X. There are so many of these people versus AOC, who's obviously a millennial. So you're actually seeing this huge Gen X resurgence. Uh, Julian Assange, Gen X. This and it, and it may be a late awakening to politics and it may be a late awakening to taking over the political space. Dave Chappelle, by the way, Gen X, Kanye West, Gen X. You're seeing an awakening of people that had really been checked out of so much of the the culture, so much of the well, I don't say culture, I guess I mean command culture, the controlling industry, controlling power, controlling politics. That's starting to change. And I think the insiders totally missed this. I believe that Gen X is absolutely being activated right now because they can see woke millennials are trying so hard to change the system. And now the woke millennials have made a fatal flaw. Their fatal flaw was picking an enemy of, of Generation X and in doing so have maybe undone their own crusades. 
And that's all the time we have here today, Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, and our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one, of your normie friends, and then leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Remember the email, of course, liberty at tpusa.com. What did we talk about today? Steve Bannon, facing up to two years in prison tomorrow after a Moscow show trial. Steve, we got your six. Next, the CDC voting to add the COVID vaccine to children's immunization schedules. Third, FBI agents who knelt to BLM in D.C. receive awards. And finally, why hasn't Generation X taken over the U.S. yet? And are they doing it right now? I want to remind you guys, by the way, Border Battle Episode 5 drops tomorrow. Tomorrow. You must watch this thing. If you're like me, you watch the first four. I'm totally hooked on this thing. I've got to watch Episode 5. I've been waiting. I've been jonesing this thing. I've actually watched Episode 4 again while I was waiting, but it's coming out. Today's history break, before we go, on this day, all the way back, 1803, the great Thomas Jefferson concluded the Louisiana Purchase, manifest destiny, baby, taming the continent, taming it, and a good day to plug the fact that I will be speaking at a joint event, LSU and the University of Louisiana, this coming Monday. So if you are in Louisiana or within driving distance of Louisiana, come see us because I will be visiting the fruits of Louisiana Purchase. We're probably going to go in. We're going to go to town for a little bit. Then we're going to have the speech. It's going to be a fantastic time. I want to make sure everyone's there. And of course, we'll be praying for Steve Bannon and everything that happens tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.